Good day, everyone. You're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 152, Always Looking for the Right Rock to Grip. I'm your host, Alex, and today I have the honor to have Joseph as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Alex. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Joseph and I were talking a little bit before. He's pumped for this episode, and I'm super pumped as well. And he has another hobby, so I'm going to have him back on the on the podcast for another episode. So this is just a perfect day. Oh, you know, I do my best. So before we jump into the topic of today, which is rock climbing, we're going to learn a little bit more about Joseph. Yes, I know it's the horrible question that nobody loves to answer, but I ask it anyways. <laughs> Who is Joseph? Well, you know, that Joseph guy, man, like he's just <laughs> he's rough to be around. No, but uh, hi, everyone. You know, my name is Joseph. I'm 27. Uh, I've been born and raised down here in Houston, Texas, around Houston, Texas, at least. Uh, I'm married. I've been with my wife for about 10 years now and I have a seven-year-old son and as he's as Alex stated in the up and coming I am in fact a rock climber man I have so many questions to ask you I can like oh is your son rock you know what I feel like your son rock climbs as well like it was just the moment he came out like climbing everything actually yeah now we'll we'll talk about that as well I'm sure like everybody if you have a dog the dog rock climbs the cat the bird <laughs> the hamster hey, lots of people bring uh dogs to the crag it, it's a real popular thing I wonder how the dogs think they're like what is that human doing why why are they going up and down the wall what what that doesn't make sense <laughs> oh they're just happy to be outside man come on now oh yeah they well, get all the pets from all the strangers <laughs> some people actually uh will go up like the real big walls they'll actually bring their cat with them up the big wall really and have like their own, yeah they'll have they have special harnesses they'll put together for their cat and they'll actually attach their cat to their harness as well and they'll climb the big wall with their cat but those are the people that are like dirt bagging literally live to climb but i have in fact i've seen it like it's it's crazy so in other words, rock climbing is made for everyone and any creature. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I could just imagine somebody with a goldfish and a gold, uh, fish bowl. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> but you know what? It's, it's, it's not about the animals. It's all about you today. So before we jump into the actual topic of rock climbing, I'm sure the listeners would love to know where they can find you online if you have any social media links, websites, or projects you're working on that you would love to share. Uh, so personally, I'm not really big on the online. I mainly just kind of lurk on Reddit and play video games in my spare time. So there's not much to find me personally. Well, you know what? You know where they're going to find you? On the rocks. There you go. Um, there you go. They'll find me on the rocks. Yes, that's absolutely right. They'll find me out there. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to jump into the topic of rock climbing. So what kind of rock climbing do you prefer to do? Do you prefer to do, let's say, indoor rock climbing or more the outdoor rock climbing? So that's not really how it's broken down. The main categories that it's broken into are bouldering, which is uh, the kind you do without a rope. You'll put like mats beneath you. You don't climb as high standardly, but it's usually much tougher like much more physically demanding you have sport climbing which is the kind i primarily do and that's the kind that if you've ever been into a rock climbing gym that's the time kind you have done sport climbing comes in leading which is when the rope comes when you bring the rope up with you and you clip in as you go and top roping where the rope is just hanging from the ceiling which if you've ever seen the inside of a rock climbing gym that is what you've seen and then there's also traditional climbing or trad climbing which is going out somewhere in the world, seeing a good spot that you say, I can climb that. And building the protection as you go and climbing something that very likely has never been climbed before. So personally, I uh, do, do sport climbing. That is the main bit I find uh, enjoyable. And was this like the first thing you actually got into or you tried the other ones beforehand? So like my following question would be, how did you actually get introduced to rock climbing? So I was introduced to rock climbing specifically because there was a new gym opening around the area I lived uh, named Inspire Rock. Uh, it was opened up close by and I had gone to bouldering gyms that were further away, but just it really wasn't conducive to go regularly, you know, and like be a regular because it was just tons, easily like 45 minutes of traffic between me and them. So uh, the wife and I, you know, we decided uh, that we wanted to start climbing and just, it was some of the most fun I've ever had. Um, our memberships were cheap. It was super close. Just, we were in there probably three or four times a week, at least. Um, even to the point that on my 22nd birthday, I spent the entire day there just to climb 22 routes because I had met a guy at the crag that did the same thing when he turned 55. Now, is he much more impressive? Yes, but 22 was still kind of rough. 
by the end of it, I was just running laps on a couple routes. <laughs> and I would imagine like you have all these walls to climb there. Do you ever try to challenge yourself? Like, all right, well, this time I'm going to try to do it within a certain amount of time, or I'm going to try to not touch these specific uh, spots to climb up. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, there's lots of modifications you can do. Um, there's actually a couple really good ones, especially when you're trying to train your technique up, like uh, do uh, quote unquote quiet feet where you are not allowed to make any noise when you place your feet at all. Cause you know, there's a lot of scrambling you can end up doing and like slamming your foot into the wall and dragging down into a hold. Uh, you can climb without an arm, without a leg, without either leg. Uh, there's, there's tons of stuff you can do to augment it. And then you can always just play a game on your own. Like the route setters have built a route they want you to build, but you could say, nah, I want to go to the right. I don't care if you told me to go to the left, I'm going to go to the right. I see a path that way. So on that note, what is the most interesting game you've made for yourself? Uh, so my favorite game to play is called Add-On. And Add-On is super, super fun. If you see two people playing it, I guarantee you within the hour, there will be at least three more people playing before they are done. I guarantee it. I've seen it a hundred times. So in Add-On, you have one guy that starts. He'll grab a rock and he uh, places it. And what that means is he's going to control himself and place both hands on that hold. And that shows that he's in control of himself. Then the next person in line is going to go up. He's going to grab that same hold the same way. And once uh, he grabs that hold, he's going to pick a new hold and he's going to go to that one, place it. And then it moves on to the next person. That third person has to do the first hold, go to the second hold. Once he gets through the sequence, that's already been built. Then he has to make a new hold. The goal of the game being he who survives the longest, because if you don't make the route, then, you know, you're either out or you get a strike or, you know, there's different ways to play it where you can do double elimination or single elimination. And it's just it's super fun, especially with people with different body types, because like me, I was uh, shorter, but I I was bulkier because I liked doing gnarlier routes. So I would do a lot of like uh, drop dinos. So I'd uh, climb high. And then let go of the rock and grab one that was way super low that you can't get to without like dropping and having to like catch yourself on your arms <laughs> to try to knock people out. Whereas some of my buddy that would play that was like six four, he would just reach really high and grab something that is not going to be a fun hold to grab because whatever he grabbed, I'm going to have to jump for. So if it's not a nice hold, then I'm going to have a really terrible time. So you really got to bring in that inner Spider-Man to just get it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you got to bring in that inner Spider-Man. You got to bring in that inner Spike, too. You got to think like, huh, how do they usually climb? Are they stretchy? Are they powerful? If they're stretchy, I'm just going to stretch as far as I can. If they're powerful, I mean, I'm, I, might have, I might have to get a little creative, you know, maybe wear them out. And it's just super fun. Now, you were talking about all these different types of games. I was thinking of one. I don't know if it does exist, but let's say Twister, but for rock climbing. So now, let's say the rocks have different colors. Let's say green, blue, red, yellow. And somebody spins a little twister thing and says, right hand on yellow. So you, have, you and your buddy have to put your right hand on yellow. And then whoever wins uh, is the last man holding on to the wall. Or not the last man standing, the last person holding on to the wall. So I, I've never seen Twister specifically, but that's mainly because the Inspire Rock where I was, they were really big on color coordinating their routes. That'd be a really great game for one of the gyms that... Uh, tapes their routes and they just have a bunch of different colors the main one i see that's like that is you actually have someone on the ground with a laser pointer and they're showing you what your next uh handhold is supposed to be and if you get real if you want to make it really advanced they'll show you what your handhold is and what feet you're allowed to put on as well oh so that's why they bring the cats to the laser pointer so the cat can find it <laughs> yeah that too <laughs> ah now it all makes sense connecting the dots <laughs> <laughs> and for you, where is your preferred place to go rock climbing or bouldering or anything like that? Because of where I live, the best option is to actually climb locally at Inspire Rock or one of the closer indoor gyms. Uh, and the big reason for that is Houston is a bayou. There's nothing really cliffy around here. The closest r good real rock to me is about a four hour car ride away, which, you know, and it's practically unclimbable in the Texas summer heat. So uh, that really limits your options in that sense, because whatever you do, it's going to be a day trip. It's not like if you live in some other places where you can just go after work for like an hour or two and then head home and eat dinner. 
Uh, that said, though, some of my favorite places are I like to go deep water soloing down at Pace Bend Park uh, out near Austin. Uh, Rhymer's Ranch is probably my favorite place to go. And that is also, I want to say, just on the uh, west side of Austin. And Enchanted Rock is like some of the best fun close to me. That one's a lot of crack climbing, though. So, I mean, it's not my favorite, but it's pretty out there, you know? Would imagine you have to train your fingers to just slip in and just hold on. And I would imagine, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you have a lot of calluses, maybe not? Uh, yeah, so you get a lot of calluses, you get a lot of ripped off skin, but especially for crack climbing, which you'll see a lot of people do, is they'll actually just make themselves some tape gloves. So you know like how you see boxers tape up their hands real big? You'll see rock climbers do the exact same thing. And the tape is not inside out where it just sticks to the wall. That's that's not that's not how it works. <laughs> no, it's not out inside out. You actually want it to stick to uh, itself because you're basically making a layer of skin that you don't care about losing. Because when you crack climb, you're going to lose skin. It's just a fact. I just need that on, on my whole body right now just so I don't hurt myself. <laughs> <laughs> and so we talked about the places you prefer to go. Is there anywhere, let's say, in the world that you, you would love to go rock climbing or bouldering? I absolutely want to go to yosemite because yosemite is the really the birthplace of rock climbing as we understand it today back in the 60s that's where royal robbins and his group went down to camp four and just invented it and that was rock climbing mecca for decades and decades and that's still like one of the main places to go like if you want to go meet the best climbers in the world you go out to yosemite so that's like, that's the next thing on your list. You're going to be like, you know what? That's it. This year or next year or within five minutes. Like, as you're, you know, as we're speaking right now, Joseph is actually climbing the destination location. <laughs> It'd be wonderful because you can you can spend a week on the same route. Like, it's just amazing. Like, I want I want that so deeply, you know, because, especially because that whole valley is just absolutely gorgeous because it's all glacier cut. So it's just it's gorgeous. I, I want to go so badly. It is so deeply on my list. And if, let's say, if you do go, are you the type of person that would just go and enjoy it? Or would also, let's say, put a GoPro or stuff like that to record and have a memory of it? I'd absolutely bring my GoPro. 100%. Without question, I'd bring my GoPro. I want to I want to remember this. I want to take photos. I want to show everyone I know. And I would imagine one of the best experiences when you go, let's say, bouldering slash rock climbing is to do it, let's say, during sunset or sunrise. Is that so on that note? What is your preferred time of day to go do that? Definitely sunrise, uh, if not even because it's prettier, but all, mainly because it's a lot cooler. It's a lot cooler. A lot of people haven't shown up yet, usually. And it's just it, the rock hasn't soaked in a lot of the heat from the day. Because you got to remember, I live in southeast Texas. I really have to think about the weather as far as that's concerned. Mm -hmm. And there is very little shade, I would imagine. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> There's massively little shade because you want your you want the rock that is clean. You want it to not have a lot of choss and debris and stuff because debris means critters. Debris means loose stuff. And you don't want to go to grab something when your like, route depends on it and dedicate your whole hand to it and, oh, your hand just ripped off the wall and now you're flying 30 feet. Which is an interesting point and it leads me to ask, what are some do's and don'ts when it comes to rock climbing? So some do's and don'ts. Probably the number one do, at least in my opinion, is that applies to every skill level out there is if it's worth doing, it's worth doing safely. And my main point to that is rock climbing is in it in and of itself an inherently safe sport there's a lot of redundancies built into it but when people start getting experience they start getting a little i don't want to say lazy but they start you know trusting in their own experience a little too deeply so it's always always worth that extra minute to double check your anchors uh double check your belayer and have him check your climber uh, use the common commands that every climber knows, like literally all of them know it, uh, just so everyone's on the same page, because it's not wasting time. It's just building in the quote unquote human redundancy, just like every other piece of our system has, because there's tons of redundancies. Number two would be conserve the rock in the areas you're in. You know, the standard rules apply. Pack out what you pack in, treat the area with respect and don't be a jerk. Like my son's seven. I, lo I love the chances I've had to bring him out to go see real rock and see the beauty in it. And I want him to be able to experience that when he's my age with his son. Yeah. And like, especially when I say like, don't 
uh, conserve the rock is, you know, it's a challenge. I get that. But the rock's not going anywhere. Some people feel the need to, like, chip at the rock and, like, make holds easier. And it just, it ruins it forever for everyone. Just don't don't be that guy. No one likes that guy. I don't like that guy or girl or dog. If a dog does that too, we don't like them. <laughs> yeah, kidding. like it, I'm telling you, like it flies through the community if someone's like, hey, someone just tore off that hold on a, a smoke a doobie, you know? And uh, probably the biggest one that like all of those like mainly pertain to like going outside. This one uh, just applies to everywhere in the gym, out of the gym, whatever. Don't spray beta at people or beta being advice. I mean, when some people climb, especially if you're doing it at strangers. So when some people climb, you know, like there's nothing more annoying to be totally like Zen, totally in your zone, feeling it out, feeling the route, you know, just kind of figuring out the puzzle and all you can hear below you, which is just totally drowning out your thought process. Left foot up, then reach for that crimp with the right hand, bro. You got it, bro. Yeah. Get that right hand in there. Yeah. Get that gas on and mantle. It's so crazy annoying. It's kind of like backseat driving in a car. <laughs> oh my God. It's exactly like backseat driving in a car. Now, if they ask or you know them and you know they like advice on the wall, I mean, go for it. Like that, that's the. That's what y'all have set up. But like, besides that, like it's worth at least waiting for them to come down and like asking, do you want beta? Because a lot of people don't even want it. They just, they want to figure out the puzzle all on their own. I've tried it a few times and I feel like one of my friends like, put your foot there. Yeah. I'm like, my foot is exactly where it needs to be. I'm not meant to be this high. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you were talking about equipment and treating your equipment right and treating the environment right. So for you, what kind of equipment do you bring along with you? Like, let's say some tools actually for safety and I'm sure water as well when you're up on the wall because staying hydrated, I feel like it's uh, pretty important. Yeah. So I've never done any big walls personally. So like when I go, I'm doing like one single pitch climbs, which means that I'm going to go up, I'm going to come back down. And that's it. I'm not going to have to rebuild a brand new anchor once I get to the top. So for me, the tools I'll need are I'll need my climbing shoes. I'll need my uh, harness. Uh, I need an ATC, an air traffic controller. Uh, you need a rope. You're going to need a variety of carabiners. You're going to need you know, some quick draws, which are just two carabiners connected by a really, really durable piece of webbing. And if you're doing top rope climbing, you'll need like a sling to build the anchor on because that's what I like about sport climbing is the routes are already bolted. So you're not coming up with where all the protection needs to be on your own. Like if you were doing uh, trad climbing, uh, the route is bolted. That's why it's sport because I'm going to, when I get up to the bolt, I'm going to clip in my quick draw to this bolt. I'm going to clip my rope to that quick draw and then I'm going to go about my day. Um, so those are the main things I'll bring with me. Like as I'm actively going up the wall and I pass that, like, You'll bring like a haul bag to drag the rope around just because, you know, it sucks having to hike up with a rope in your hands for over a mile. You bring, you know, your shoes to just hike around in because you're going to hike around most of the day. Bring your water, you know, bring any lunch or anything. Just any day like you can imagine spending out at like out at a park, like in the back trails. If you're doing big walls, it gets a lot more technical because you'll need like static ropes. You'll need a haul bag. You'll need a lot more carabiners and other pro. Uh, You might need some Jumars if uh, you're climbing with someone that's like maybe not capable of handling a section because on big walls, each pitch has its own difficulty. So even though the first three sections are like a five, seven, five, eight, the fourth section might be like a five, twelve C. And my belayer can't do that. Well, I can't just leave my belayer there. They have to come with me. Otherwise, I'm I'm done at the fourth pitch, you know. So what you'll do is you'll need like a Jumar, which is an ascender. So they'll like they'll actually like just basically climb straight up the rope instead of actually climbing on the wall. So, I mean, those are all things you need to think about, like when you go like multi pitch climbing, on, especially on like big walls. Bouldering is usually the one that most people start with only because the equipment list is as long as shoes. Something soft to fall on. List. And I would imagine bringing a first aid kit might also be pretty useful in case something bad happens. So which leads to my following questions. Have you ever injured yourself while rock climbing? The worst injury I've ever had is I really developed some really bad tendonitis in my left elbow. 
which was more frustrating than anything, just because, you know, I want to climb more, but the more I climb, the more it burns like crazy, and it, it was just rough. It was, I mean, I'm sure you know, like, just tendonitis is just annoying as all heck get out. I don't want to underplay it, but it sounds kind of like, you know, when food is really hot, but it's really delicious, you're like, oh, it's so good, but it burns, I want to keep eating it. Oh. Yeah, you'll literally do anything you can to make it alleviate <laughs> just a little bit, just so you don't have to stop, because you don't want to stop. <laughs> It's for the love of the sport. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And for you, what would you say is the best part about rock climbing on a personal and an emotional level? <sighs> what is the best part about it? <sighs> Probably one of the best parts, like personally, like in my life, is that it's a wonderful full body exercise, except it doesn't feel like exercise. Because, like, when I go work out, you know, this is just another chore. This is something I have to go get done. Like, I don't want to do this, but I also don't want to be a fat slob either. When I climb, I'm just fun to go be out there. I, I want to go play on my project. I want to go work my project, see if I can uh, send get a send on it. I want to go hang out with my buddies and play add-on. You know, like, it's it's not work. It's just all fun. And probably emotionally, I just, I, I get this such a strong feeling of accomplishment. Like, especially when I can, like, figure out that pro problem, you know, like, if I've been stuck on the same crux for like a week and I finally hit that move that gets you out of it and you just like, there's just this moment of elation. It's just amazing. Uh, it's just, I can't even like, I can't describe like the emotional high I catch as soon as I like hit that last one and hit the last bolts, yell take and they let me down and I just come down a freaking victor. You know, <laughs> it's almost like there's music playing in the background. I was like, yes, I achieved. Oh, like, yeah. I, I hear we are the champions all the time. <laughs> yes. We are the champions place every time I come down from the top. Don't even play. <laughs> it's like somebody down there waiting for you. He's like, all right. And now cue the music. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Do you prefer to go rock climbing alone or with company? So because I do sport climbing, uh, I absolutely always go with other people. And that even extends to more than just just your belayer. I like to go in groups because A, it's safer. It's safer, just safer in numbers. Like if someone, you know, God forbid, has a compound fracture in their right tibia and we're a mile out from the road and no one has a sat phone to actually call the park rangers, then, you know, that's going to be a long hike by yourself or with one person. If you get a couple people, you know, that's not bad. Uh, for two, it's just it's fun. It, it's just a great like communal thing to do. Like there, it's just so easy to meet other people that are passionate about rock climbing. Like uh, one of the times I went out to Enchanted Rock, I ended up staying at this like hole in the wall campsite that I never would have found if someone didn't tell me. And uh, the next we ended up meeting a couple other people that were from uh, Maine out there to climb. And that morning you know, we all hung out all morning just talking about climbs we've done and different like crazy moves we've had to do. What what routes they were excited to go climb out of the park. Uh, share. They had bacon. We had eggs just kind of communal potting it. So it's all it's just 100 percent of the time, in my opinion, so much more fun to go with company. Have you ever heard of a hobby called geocaching? I have heard of geocaching. I've had friends that have explained it to me but i i gotta be real honest i'm just it's just never fully appealed to me okay yeah the only qu question i was gonna leave with that is like would you ever be interested in, let's say a uh, rock climbing geocaching so let's say without harming nature or the environment somebody put, somebody put like say a bottle you know like a perfectly placed like hole in the rock that was made by nature and there's like a message in there or like a riddle or a challenge saying, hey, this is me. I've made this achievement. I've been here. And it's like a list of people who've made it. So it's kind of funny you say that because, I mean, a lot of these, so there are some routes that people have bolted and people have set up or know about that are, you know, quote unquote, hidden or for locals only. But by and large, like uh, there's a actually a website that has like a huge registry of routes all over the world on a mountain project and so the people that make them name them so you have all kinds of names like carnival gypsy middle earth mordor here comes the boom hey bro that's my weed <laughs> you gotta remember there's a lot you can find a lot of hippies around 
<laughs> but you know what? They're enjoying it. They're enjoying the moment. They're enjoying the hobby. And you can't judge them for that. And hey, they, they bolted the route. So, I mean, by God, name it what you want. <laughs> and I'm sure they all have very interesting stories. But with that in mind, I'm sure you have very interesting as, uh, stories as well. So do you have any like experiences like, wow, this is very memorable. That is like, it just blew your mind while rock crawling. <laughs> so uh, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, because uh, there was a funny story. The the last time I went out to Enchanted Rock, I, it was that time I went to that back of back in the Boondock uh, campground. I went specifically with a friend of mine, and he was meeting up with a bunch of his friends, and he just asked me if I wanted to go. So I was like, oh yeah, I don't know any of these people, but cool, whatever, let's do that. So uh, we met up. It was probably a group of like six of us. Uh, we uh, we went into the park early in the morning. Probably got in there at like 7.30, 8 o'clock, and we just climbed all day long. It was probably about 3, almost 4 in the afternoon. We were basically like winding down from our day because, you know, I still had a four-hour drive home. And uh, when I wear my when I wore my climbing shoes, I had some Evolve Shamans on. I didn't, They were so tight, I didn't have room for socks, so I just wore them with bare feet. And, I mean, they're mainly like a, a leathery sort of substance mainly pleather but you know leather so like as they heated up from where you know they got looser so uh we were on this route there was another crack wall because enchanted rock is nothing but crack climbing and to start from the ground it was like a 511c but if you start off of this boulder that's right next to it it's only like a 59 because the bottom piece was like this huge a that like if i stood with my elbows out i'd barely touch both ends type of thing it was just an awful start but if you climb up on the boulder you get up to where the uh the smaller crack is so i all hooked up you know i want to check it out i got in there i'm not very good at crack climbing i hadn't practiced it very often it's not the type of climbing i prefer but um so i get in there and i find like this great hand jam on my left hand i just get my hand in there okay so and then i jam in my feet and i'm ready to go well, while I'm jamming in my feet and I'm totally committed on the wall, my shoe actually turns around my foot. I lose my jam and, you know, I fall. Except when I fall, I jam my hand even further into this wall. So now I'm hanging by the rope in my left arm, which is just way above me. Except my feet are now down in that A-frame area where I have no room to, like, jam them in. So I'm having to like look behind myself and be like, uh, hey, guys, uh, I'm stuck. So cue immediately the 127 hour jokes. Mm. Like, Don't worry, man. We're not going <laughs> to wait that long. We'll wait like 20 minutes. Get the pocket knife. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> my buddy that I came with is like six foot four, six foot six. He's he's huge. He's a giant. So we actually made him like come under me and stand underneath me so I could climb on his shoulders with my feet just to get some leverage to like unstick my hand the whole time listening to the, oh, no, we got to take it off. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Like, oh, it's got to go. It's like time of death for the arm. Oh, yeah. It's it's now. Yeah, now. It's like, no, no, I'll be fine. No, 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 no. Have you ever seen that movie Monty Python and the Quest for the Holy Grail? That is one of my wife's favorite movies. Yes. Yeah, there's a scene where it's like. Bring out your dad. Bring out your dad. It's like, I'm fine. No, 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 no. You know, he'll be dead soon. No, no, I'm feeling great. <laughs> so it's kind of like that. That's what makes me think of the arm. It's like, your friend's like, oh, no, no, amputate. We got to do that right now. It's like, no, I'm fine. No, 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 no. We got to do it. <laughs> that was easily my favorite story out there. Easily. But that's cool that you guys thought like, you know what? Instead of just using the actual wall to climb, you're not only doing rock climbing, you're doing people climbing. If <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Using your environment and friends to achieve your goal. <laughs> yeah, everything's on. The wall is on. The boulder is on. Your buddy standing below you is on. It's all on. Like, you're good to go. <laughs> yeah, you really have supportive friends, pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> and for you, what would you say is the biggest challenge for you when you first started rock climbing? So it, it was mainly twofold. So for one, it was really just building the correct muscles to climb regularly. And just because, you know, you can be big, you can be strong, but that doesn't mean you spend all day hanging by your fingertips off of stuff. So I, I would like when I first started, I would go home basically every day, just not even being able to open my front door unless I used both hands. And I drive a stick shift as well. And that was just torture. I would need help to pull my parking. It was just awful. You literally could not close your hands into a fist with any amount of force. Uh, just from building up all that forearm muscle. 
And the second piece was learning the technique. Uh, once you learn the technique, it's like learning how to swim properly uh, for sport. Like uh, you can immediately see someone that doesn't understand the technique because they'll look like they're doing a pull up for three minutes while they're going up the wall, just like straight up like they're doing a bear crawl. But on the same tune, you can see someone that does know the technique because you'll see them like moving their hips into the wall. You'll see them standing up more than they're pulling up. You'll see them hanging off of their straight arms instead of like holding that pull up. Once you like kind of get over that like mental hurdle of like learning like how to do your body position, like it's probably it's been a a hot minute since I've been able to go climb. It's probably been oh shoot, probably at least 6 months. And you know, quarantine hasn't been nice to the midsection. And even if I walked into the gym right now, I guarantee I could go knock out a 510B with almost no issues. Now, I'll be totally gassed when I get to the top. I'm not <laughs> going to be able to do 22 climbs in a row like I probably would have been like two or three years ago. But I, because I understand the technique, like I'm, I'm going to be able to moat through a lot of problems that, say, a new person would just muscle their way through. Yeah, so it, you don't necessarily start from square one again as badly. Yeah, it's kind of like you have muscle memory to a certain degree. Yeah, exactly. Like I can look at, I, I can read a route and say, okay, you know, I'm going to put my foot there. I'm going to turn in. I'm going to stand up on that. I'm going to grab out there, equalize my balance, reach up there. As opposed to, I'm going to do a pull up. I'm going to do a pull up. I'm going to do a one arm pull up and then I'm going to do another pull up. And I would imagine, yeah, quarantine has not been very friendly for you for rock climbing. But let's say if you had the chance, if your house allows it or your area allows it, would you install a rock climbing wall in your backyard? Uh, I wouldn't think twice about it. <laughs> You're like, I'm doing it right now, Alex. This is this is what pumped me up. <laughs> yeah, Alex, what are you talking about? Like, we talked about this. What are you talking about? <laughs> have you? I don't even know if this is a technical term, but have you ever considered doing or seen people do urban rock climbing so let's say like on buildings and stuff like that whether it's legal or illegal i'm just saying have you ever considered it or seen it done so uh funny enough when i was in college once upon a time uh playing quidditch became pretty popular and to play portray the snitch you would have a person be the snitch that they would have to go run after and he, i loved to snitch because it was a lot of fun and one of the very popular things, since everyone chasing you is carrying a broom or a PVC pipe or something between their legs with one arm, is to go climb on stuff because they can't follow you easily. Uh, so that said, yes, I've I have seen urban climbing. I've done a little bit of it, <laughs> but not much, just because I live more in the suburbs than I do like in the urban urban area. But yeah. I mean, there's nothing like inherently wrong with it. It's just a lot more crimping and pinching than it is, you know, like full jugs. You're not going to find many bomber jugs urban climbing. I could just imagine for a second, like you're at home, your wife comes in. He's like, Joseph, what are you doing? What are you doing on top of the fridge? Uh, practicing. Parkour. <laughs> Parkour, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I dropped a cookie. You dropped a cookie on the top of the fridge? Yeah. Yeah. Funny how gravity works, huh? I fell. <laughs> I fell on top of the fridge? Yep. I was Details I was, not important. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not at liberty to discuss that. <laughs> <laughs> and so speaking about family, how does your wife and your child do rock climbing? So uh my wife does as well, yeah. We've climbed together since the gym opened. I definitely I ran with it further than she did at the time, but I mean she was still right there with me the whole time. Uh my son is trying he's he's getting there uh he's seven and you know the world is still scary he is not particularly adventurous but he still loves to go like he he'll go up a little bit and then jump off and you know yeehaw wonderful time there's nothing wrong with that so i mean he he loves it too uh he's i can't get i can't quite get him to the top of the wall yet but we'll, we're working on it. we'll get there i have a solution put a cookie at the top <laughs> <laughs> it always comes back to the cookie that's that's the theme uh, we of this have, episode we have definitely bribed him once or twice to get to the top of the wall <laughs> <laughs> and now back to you what was your what is your current biggest challenge uh my current biggest challenge is you know as i mentioned you know it's been a while since i've been able to go since i was climbing every day i've really let my fall, self fall out of shape compared to when I was climbing every day, when I was running obstacle course races every other weekend, 
you know, and I was basically just spending all my time working out and going to work. Basically, as soon as I went back to college, I just totally became sedentary. And it's really obviously hurt my ability to go out and just, you know, climb all day, have a yeehaw good time. And unfortunately, like even the times I have gone back into the gym is some of the a little bit of the magic has worn off going into the gym to pull on the plastic just because like it always feels like the same thing. It's always new routes. It's new people. Like A lot of my friends don't go to that gym anymore. And uh, so my next option from there would be I want to go climb on real rock. Like, you know, I want to go down to the crag. I want to make an evening of it. And, you know, I can project the same route for months. The problem being I live four hours away from local crags. So because of where I'm geographically located, I'm a little stuck in that sense. Now, my wife and I are hoping in the next few years to try to get somewhere more mountainous. But, you know, until then, like, I, I almost feel a little, you know, stuck. And this is another odd question, but would you ever consider making your own rock climbing gym? No, I don't have the wherewithal to uh, break into that market. You're like, you know what? There's already walls everywhere. I'll just go climb them. Yeah. Plus, I mean, Paul, the guy that owns Inspire Rock, he's just he's a super awesome guy. He's totally plugged in to the uh, industry. I'd never want to accidentally take work or customers away from him. I, I would just, there would be no competition. Does it exist a type of rock climbing wall in a gym that's kind of looking, looks like kind of like a treadmill? So oh, like, yeah. Really? You can Google cool. it right now. Oh yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Oh yeah. Uh, one of Inspire Rock's locations and uh, actually has one and they're, uh, I'm pretty sure they do at least. Yeah. I've actually, I looked at them once just because I was like, huh, I wonder how much these cost. When I looked, it was like 30 grand. So, you know, that's not happening. But it looked really cool. <laughs> Gee, and you could do different speeds. So I feel like uh, if anybody would like to donate one to Joseph, <laughs> I don't think you'd say no, right? Uh, probably not. No, no, I probably wouldn't say no to that. Yeah, he'll he'll be humble for half a second. He's like, well, you know, yeah, yeah, take it, give it, give it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll make room for it. I promise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> push out the fridge. We don't need a fridge anymore. <laughs> what is a fridge? Kitchen? This isn't the kitchen. This is the treadmill room. <laughs> Yeah, we put the food on top of it, so you got to work to get it. <laughs> yeah, work for it. <laughs> uh, I feel like that would not be very, your wife would not necessarily like that. Your son would definitely not like that. Uh, yeah, but, you know, as long as uh, the fridge is somewhere else. As long else. as I like it, yeah. right? Like, yeah. yeah, they can get over it. They can get over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a happy house. They can literally get over it if they can beat the speed of the treadmill. <laughs> uh, and for you, has rock climbing ever stressed you out? Let's say the equipment was not properly set up or you just weren't able to complete a certain move or anything like that alex i gotta tell you there is a moment that every climber experiences and anyone out there that has ever done any amount of climbing especially lead climbing will agree is basically the first time you catch a whipper when you have to learn how to fall while on lead so just in anticipation of it, because lead climbing is not like top rope climbing. You said you've been inside an indoor rock gym, right? Mm -hmm. So I assume that when you climbed, the rope was a, above you and it came back down and there was someone there to belay you, correct? Correct. Okay, so that is top rope climbing. The rope is on top of the rope, right? It's amazing how that works. Uh, so lead climbing is you bring the rope with you. It's not above you. And you're actually making a new anchor point as you go up. You're clipping into bolts and into quick draws as you go up. And depending on where you are and like how high up you are, uh, their distance will vary. They'll vary probably anywhere from every like five to eight, nine feet when you're like below like 100 feet from the ground. I mean, I'm sure if you fell on top rope, you might have fell like a little bit, but it might have been like, you know, like a foot, maybe two. Mm hmm. When you fall on lead, you're going to fall whatever distance you are from the last place you clipped in doubled. Mm. So and that that can be I hear it in your voice. It can be a little unnerving when you're first learning. Yeah. So you're constantly stressed out that, oh, I'm going to fall, I'm going to fall. So which makes you like grip onto the holds with a death grip, which just wears out your forearms. And especially when you're like going for a clip, because your belayer has to hand you a lot of slack to reach down, grab your rope in your hand, get it up to where the bolt is. There's a lot of slack in the system at that moment. And you're hanging on by one arm and you're like gripping that hold with a death grip and you have tons of slack. 
you're and if you you know if you fall you're going to take a huge ride so for me personally uh i was in the gym and there was a route set up that had this really large dyno or a dyno is a jump it had this really large jump that was kind of like out of the wall because there was a little bit of an overhang you had to jump from the bottom of that overhang out to the lip of it to this it, it was a great hold it was a big jug but you had to make that whole leap i'd probably call it maybe like three or four foot leap okay so i'm about to make a big leap i need slack for the jump so they run out slack i'm ready you know i psych myself up i go for it and i miss and i'm about 40 feet up in the air and I met my wife at the bottom about three feet off the ground. It was terrifying, and I probably screamed like a little girl. It, it, it was stressful, to say the least. But once you do it a few times, like, you really, it helps build that confidence in the equipment. You know, my, the knot is not going to snap out. My belayer is going to catch me. They, they're paying attention to only me. It'll work out. Because there are a couple different ways to practice you know, be getting used to a fall. So you stop over gripping and stressing out and all that. And that's one of the ways take huge whippers. Uh, another big one I, I used to do for a while is I'd get to the very, very top. And there are a couple one way uh, carabiners that you can hook your rope into to use as a top rope anger to lower yourself back down. So what I would do is I'd pull all the slack out to reach above my head and put them in and then I'd just let go and fall. And let me tell you, it's really hard to make yourself let go and fall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Humans are not designed to like do self-harm. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, after 30, 35 feet going down, like it's, it, it's stressful. <laughs> Man, I can't imagine what's going through your mind when that's happening or when that happened the first time as well. A lot of, oh God, oh God, oh shit. Oh God, I'm going to die. Oh God. <laughs> Did I close, turn off the oven? Oh no, none, none of that. <laughs> I'm sure that's not going through your mind, but wow, that is, that is a terrifying experience, but it, and you don't want to say you have to go through it to understand how it feels. Like you don't want anybody to go through it and it goes wrong, but you're, it sounds weird. It's kind of like a bittersweet, thankful that you know, now you know how to recover from that if something like that happens or yeah so it's it's just part of the process it's just it's another technique that you need to learn it's no different than learning how to mantle or how to grab a crimp hold you also need to know how to fall and to not be scared of that fall it's like when people first start shooting firearms you know everyone's scared of the recoil and scared of the loud noises but once you acclimate to it you know you just you're doing your business it's the same kind of concept you just you acclimate to, oh, I might fall, but if I do, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm going to come back up to right where I am and start from here again. No big, no big deal. You know what? If I go rock climbing, I'm bringing bubble wrap. I'm bubble wrapping my whole body. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be effective. It won't even reassure me at all. <laughs> but I look like the idiot just in bubble wrap. It's like, what are you doing? Protection. Alex, it's not going to work. <laughs> I'm big on pro. <laughs> <laughs> and this is really a really important question, but it's my favorite one for every episode. What are some misconceptions about people who do rock climbing? I kind of touched on this like really quickly earlier, but I want to like give it more light. One of the bigger conceptions I hear about is I need people to understand rock climbing is not an inherently dangerous sport. It is not dangerous in and of itself. Accidents have happened. And I mean, we've lost people before their time. It has happened. It happened a few, I want to say last month, a young climber that was very up and coming died in an accident she fell down an approach but i what they need to understand is a lot of those accidents that have happened they're not caused by gear failure almost across the board it's caused by corner cutting and uh time stress just like you would expect like in industrial accidents it's not the machines breaking that is causing accidents it's people cutting corners and it's time stress for example one of the most prevalent ways people get injured and die is rappelling right off the end of their rope so you know you get to the top you're, you know, 300 feet in the air. The only way back down is to rappel down. So people will rappel down and they'll be going, they'll be going. And their, uh, the rope just feeds straight through their ATC. And all of a sudden they're in free fall and you get the next, the rest of your life to think about how dumb that was. And I mean, that's a terrible way to go, especially because it is so easy. Just tie a knot at the end of your rope. Like, that's all you would need to do. Just tie a quick stop or not. Maybe takes 30 seconds and just 
people just believe in their ability and if they're like, oh, I'm not going to do that. I've done this a hundred times. That's no biggie. And so it's little things like that of, you know, just trying to cut a corner, trying to get back down quicker. You know, maybe you got lunch down there. Or, you know, you finished the climb. You're ready to go. Uh, little things like that that would cause injury. So in and of itself, it's not dangerous. It re- I promise you it's not dangerous if you're cognizant of what's going on around you. There's a lot of built-in redundancy. The other misconception that I even I fall into is it's especially a lot more lighthearted than what I just brought up. Like, hey, you're not actually going to die if you do this. The the funner misconception is that not all rock climbers are hippies. <laughs> let's uh, let's touch on that because yes, there are a lot of routes that make everyone sound like a hippie. That that is a fact. Climbers come in every breed, though. We like climbing outdoors, so which means that you know we're always almost across the board in favor of conservation efforts because of it. Okay. That doesn't mean that everyone's going to go dirt bag and sell homemade candles. And that's the prerequisite to call yourself a climber. There's plenty of businessmen, engineers, teachers, all, all kinds of professionals, professionals you can imagine that climb just because, you know, it's a lot of fun it is a ton of fun. Now, are there hippies? Absolutely. There's hippies everywhere, but uh, it's, they don't have it in a death hold. Anyone can climb. And it makes complete sense that people who enjoy rock climbing want to preserve the area they do it so they can keep doing it. It would be kind of stupid like if they would rock climb and try to destroy the, the rock underneath them. So like, yeah, now I'm the only one who's going to enjoy this. I don't think I don't think that ever happened. Yeah, I know. It's it's an amazing concept, isn't it? It's just, you know, <laughs> who to funk it. <laughs> to reuse the same thing over again? Recycling in a sense? What? No. What? No one is allowed to climb this but me. <laughs> yeah, I, I. every time I go to the washroom, I buy a new toilet. I never reuse it. Come on. <laughs> that was a weird analogy I used, but yeah. Oh, you made me choke on my water. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so let's go back to something where I sound less like a fool and more of a professional podcaster. What has rock climbing taught you in life? I mean, you know, this is one of those like real big like meta questions, but probably one of the bigger things that's taught me in life is it's taught me a lot of persistence because, you know, if you continue to be persistent, eventually somewhere, maybe months or years down the road, you'll eventually be rewarded for your persistence. Even if it's only like, you know, an emotional high because you completed whatever you said you wanted to complete. No one else may ever know, but you did. And also that, you know, there can be more than one way to solve a problem just because how I see the route to success, that does not mean it's the only route to success. Yeah, it's the idea that you have to learn your body style, your types of what works for you, and just work around it. It's, in a way, this sounds weird, but in a way, rock climbing is a pretty good representation of life. There, there's many different types of people that come at it, and there's not just one path to reach the top. Absolutely. Like when I, my really tall friend that I told you about that I've climbed with, when we would talk beta on a route that we're projecting, I'd be talking to him about the crux and I would say the most difficult part of the climb. And I'd be like, yeah, I got to put my foot here. I got to get a real wide, wide step. I got to hold on to this really shitty crimp and I kind of like really like commit to it and dead point into this really shitty pinch. He's like, oh, that's awesome. I reach up and I just skip all of that. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, I hate you, bro. <laughs> So you might hate me too. I'm six foot two. Maybe he hate me a little less. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Okay. I really, because of my body style, I really love overhangs. So they're the ones that you would see where people are like going more upside down. And I enjoy those a lot because I am a little shorter. I'm five, seven. I'm much better at those because I am able to tuck into the wall with my hip way better. So when I climb, I'm able to force a lot more weight into my feet. If you were to climb it, you're holding a pull-up for four minutes. I have no upper body <laughs> strength, though. Yeah, That's sounds just... like a great time, doesn't it? <laughs> well, if I do train, then yes, it would be definitely enjoyable. And you got to start somewhere, right? You can't expect to be the best right off the bat. And I'm talking to myself right now. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested in this hobby? I mean, my biggest advice is just go to your local climbing gym, go to a local crag, just get out there, meet the people, learn from them. A lot of climbers are totally willing to help you. Like I've pulled it total strangers when I first went outside to come over and like double check my anchor because, you know, a human redundancies like we talked about. And they were just totally good with it. We ended up chatting. We shared a beer later. 
uh, finding friends that can kind of mentor you into learning the techniques and learning the gear placement is just totally worth its weight in gold. Uh, learning climbing can be super lonely unless you go meet friends. Because as soon as you meet friends, you might be I might be staring at a route and I'm like, I have absolutely no idea how I'm going to magic my body up there. Like, there's literally nothing there. Like, am I going to be Spider-Man upside down on glass? What's going on? And Alex, you might walk up and be like, oh, you know, Joseph, just uh, just reach over here, grab there, do kind of a layback weird motion here, and boom, it's right there. I'm like, why didn't I see that? Oh, my God. Why didn't, why didn't I even figure that out? And then, you know, like learning, especially once you start going outside, you know, being able to be around people that kind of know the social norms. They know where the approaches are. They know how to set up the gear and all that kind of really gives you that like insider almost of what do what legitimately do I need? Because, you know, everyone has a guide online. But how much are are you willing to trust your life to a guide online? I'm perfectly willing to trust my life to something someone else is probably willing to trust their life to. But I have no frame of reference for just random guide online A. You know what I mean? You're looking online and you see like, Alex Hobby. Wait, nope, nope. Do not trust this. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. <laughs> Reverse. Reverse danger. Danger. Yeah. No. But yeah, like that, that's my advice. Just go to the local climbing gym, go to the crag, meet the people, start learning from them. Like you, A, you get friends to climb with that are passionate about it too. And B, you get to learn easier because that's where I learned how to set up anchors and like the different types of climbing and all that. Like I didn't figure it out on my own. I didn't, you know, do it all online. Like I just I went and I like absorbed the community. And when you do go rock climbing or bouldering or any of those sports climbing, do you let's say when you're looking at the wall, do you visualize like your next steps like? Kind of like chess, where you're trying to predict how much, or you think of like, all right, two steps before, and then you go and you try to just evaluate from there. You, what you'll actually see a lot of times, you'll actually see people just kind of sitting there against like a back wall, just staring intently at the wall. And they're just, they're reading the route. They're reading what route they will take. Because like sometimes, you know, you walk up to a wall and just, you know, blindly flail up it, which is fun. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's usually worth like looking at, especially if it's the first time you ever tried to, uh, even like look twice at it, you know, just to be able to look and kind of, you know, read where are the footholds, where are the handholds, kind of get an idea of what you're going to do. Cause you know, I might look at something and want to know ahead, like, okay, I'm going to have to do a dyno about halfway up here. So, you know, I, I need to like really stretch out and be ready to like throw, I, I need to be prepared to yeet myself through the air at 30 feet off the ground. So, you know, just, uh, being able to read it and you'll actually like see them like with their hands like flying out in different spots like they're grabbing holds because they're just they're in the process. They're reading it mentally. Now, does that middle picture always add up? Not necessarily, but it kind of gives you a frame of reference for when you actually get on the wall. And then once you get on, say, you know, I don't make it like I the crux throws me off. Now I have mentally like tried one way. It didn't work. Now, you know, I can continue the process. I can say, okay, you know, put my foot there. That didn't work. So maybe if I like turn this way and kind of like reach in like that, it might work a little better. You know, this is really a little difficult to talk about because I'm using my hands a lot for all this. And I'm like, huh, no one can see me right now. (laughs) I do (laughs) the same thing. I do the exact same thing. Don't worry. (laughs) So in that case, have you ever, let's say you saw a wall, you've tried it before, you climbed it, and then you step step back and took a picture of it. And when you went home, you're like doing some lines saying, all right, well, what if I tried this position or try going here? Like just mapping it out when you're at home. So that's a real popular thing to do especially when you're projecting like outside. Like I don't, I've never like taken a picture of an indoor wall just to like mentally project it. Uh, but plenty of people have taken pictures of like outdoor walls and they've like mapped out like what they're going to do and where they're going to do it. And like I've, there's been times where I've like, you know, scrambled up indoor walls where I've just like been halfway through and said, I literally have no idea where I'm supposed to go, but I know I'm strong enough to just reach the next three moods if I let my feet drop off. So you know, I might have just let my feet drop off and gone one, two, three, and then finished out and then stepped back and looked at it and said, OK, now, how am I actually supposed to do this? Because especially inside, you know, like a human set that wall, like a route setter walked up and decided, OK, you know, I kind of want them like they had like an idea of what moves they wanted you to do when they got up there. 
And sometimes there are moves where they want you to cut your feet and, you know, just campus for three or four moves. That might happen. But more than likely, especially on lower graded difficulties, like there there is a method in there. You just have to really kind of flesh it out, you know. And uh, do you have any social, let's say any websites that you would love to share in the sense that people can learn more about rock climbing, like some pretty cool resources, let's say Reddit, for example, or an official rock climbing website as like the, the golden site for everything you need to know. Uh, so there are two really golden sites besides Reddit, because, you know, Reddit does have a subreddit for climbing and it's very popular. It, there's actually several of them because, you know, there's climbing, there's bouldering, there's trad climbing. Look, if you search on Reddit, you will find climbing communities, just period. But uh, as far as like golden resources, uh, one of them is Mountain Project. Uh, I mentioned that a little earlier. It is a great resource for finding outdoor routes. It is massively, massively, massively filled. If you don't use that normally, what you'll end up doing is you'll actually buy like a guide when you get to the park and that usually lists out routes and all that. But Mountain Project, uh, in my experience, has it named. It usually has directions on how to get there from the entrance of the park. Uh, it'll be it'll have a community grade on it. So, you know, everyone is kind of averaged out that this climb feels about like a five nine or it's a five ten D or something like that. And, uh, you know, and like it'll like give you any warnings too because you know some climbs are a little bit riskier than others like oh hey like once you get to the third clip be careful because there's a shelf if you fall you might catch it you know things like that so it's a great resource in that sense and you know it's it's got climbs in it from all over the world like it's got everything from rhymer's ranch and chain rock yosemite joshua tree to waco tanks out in el paso so i mean it's massively massively uh filled in and the second website I would really suggest is REI, because first off, REI has a lot of the equipment you're going to end up using. Like it has harnesses, it has shoes, uh, ropes, you know, et cetera. And more than that, it actually has a glossary of a bunch of terms that the climbing community is kind of built up. Like you've heard me using some like, you know, a dyno is a jump. A dead point is a move you really commit to, you know, campusing is when you let your feet drop off the wall and you just he-man it up the wall with just your arms. Uh, and I mean, there's all kinds of lingo. Oh, I don't even know all of it. And it's just kind of like, it, it, think of it like a reference sheet, you know? Well, that's good. That's good. I'll put all those links down below because it's really important to know all these things. And it's good to know this before you go as well, because you don't want to be stuck up there like, okay, now what is the term? Crap. Um. Well, see... Like, that's that's not that much of an issue because, uh, I mean, a lot of the terms are more like when you're chatting about it. So, like, so the most you might catch, like, while you're on the wall might be like, hey, do you want some beta? Like, that would probably be, like, the biggest one you might hear because past that, uh, a climber is not someone in a conversation. A belayer is not supposed to be someone in a conversation because the climber and the belayer have to be in communication. They're pretty standardized commands between them that I feel are pretty universal. So say, for example, you know, we're setting up, we're setting up. I've tied into the rope. Uh, he's hooked into his ATC with the rope in it. We'll double check all of our stuff and our rope, make sure we're all connected on the same stuff. And uh, I'll look at him and say on belay and he'll say belay on, which this means uh, I am now on belay. He has the rope. As soon as I start climbing, I'm good to go. And I'll start climbing. I'll do my thing, say, oh, you know, I'm getting tired. I want to take a break. I might look down and yell like take. So which means he's going to take all the slack out of that rope. And as long as I'm like at a bolt or if I'm top roping, I can, you know, kind of hang back and, can, you know, rest my arms, kind of hang dog off the rope a little bit and kind of, you know, get the blood flowing. That way I can get back going without having to go all the way back to the ground and reclimb everything I just climbed. And, you know. Uh, he'll yell back up, take on once he has all that uh, slack up. Because, you know, if I just yell take and let go, I'm just going to fall. If I yell take and he yells back, take on, he's taking all the slack out of that rope. And he's just sitting waiting on me when I'm ready to climb both times. Like when I'm starting and like when I'm done taking a rest, I'll yell down climbing. I'm letting him know, hey, I'm about to you know start climbing. Be ready. Like, start moving slack around, like, as you need to do. And he'll yell back, climb on. Like, he understood me. 
Have you actually ever, let's say, used a tent and just camped out for one night? Uh, I have used a tent on the ground. <laughs> but not on the rocks. No, I that that's for like the big wall climbing like I talked about in Yosemite. I really want to do that. I really would love to spend three or four days, literally a thousand feet in the air climbing with my buddy. Like that just sounds like some of the best fun I'll ever have in my life. And, you know, I just I haven't I'm not there yet. You know, I want to. It's on the list, but it's not quite there. I want it. I want it super bad. <laughs> See, I can just imagine myself if I ever did that. I move a lot in my sleep and I'm like, nope, I would not trust myself. Maybe my body's like, dude, you're up high. Don't move when you're sleeping. I mean, worst comes to worst, you're going to wake up dangling because you stay <laughs> tied in in the night. <laughs> and I'm a pretty heavy sleeper. So I wake up in the morning like, oh, good, good. I'm no longer in bed. It's like, ah, <laughs> yes, dead air below me. This is wonderful. <laughs> why is it? Why is it so breezy? Why do I feel breeze everywhere? <laughs> yeah, I roll a lot in my sleep. So I imagine I might have some issues with that. But like some people, they don't even bring a portal edge. They'll just find like a nice little shelf that they fit on. They'll tie in right there and they'll just sleep right there on the ledge. So I imagine they roll off quite a bit. <laughs> I'll put all those links down below so people can go check it out so they can get more information and learn a lot more about rock climbing. If they haven't already listened to this episode because this episode is very informative because not me, because of you. And now for the last question, do you have any questions for me about rock climbing? Uh, you know, Alex, like I did have a question, like you said, like you, uh, you have been doing indoor rock climbing before, like what was, what was kind of your experience with it? Like, how did you feel about it? To be honest, I, I, I don't like the ones where the rope is hanging from the top and you're tied in and then you have to rely on the confidence or the trust of your friends holding you. I actually prefer the ones where it's, you're not tied at all, but you don't go as high, but I like the challenges. I like the puzzle aspect of it, trying yes. to figure out where to stretch, where to pull. Can I bend that way? Can I reach like that? So that's my preferred take on rock climbing, like the actual puzzle aspect, not as high. Maybe I'm going to have to build up my confidence to get higher, but I really do like figuring out where to place my hand and feet. Hey man, it sounds like you like bouldering and there are plenty of people that all they do is bouldering and that is perfectly fine. There are plenty of boulderers. They are a breed apart. I'm not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? If I ever do go rock climbing in the other sense, the one that you do, I'll come to you. You'll teach me. You'll laugh. You'll be like, Alex, you okay? If I'm not blinking, that means I'm not okay. If I'm just like, <laughs> I have held my wife hostage on the wall before because I have, I, I have, it's crazy. I, uh, she wanted to come down. She wanted me to lower her. I was belaying and I was damned and determined that she was going to make it to the top of that fucking wall. So I told her, no, I'm not letting you down until you top out. And she's like, let me down. And I said, no. Oh my God. <laughs> And we got into a middle of an argument in the middle of the gym in front of God and everyone <laughs> because nothing was happening until she made it to the top of that wall. And she eventually did after like 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. That's exactly <laughs> what happened to me and my friends. They're like, Alex, just grab that rock. I'm like, no, that rock. I don't trust it. It doesn't look trusted. It looks sketchy. He's like, Alex, it's just a rock. No, it's not. It's looking at me funny. <laughs> Alex, put your foot there. No. It's a snake. It's going to bite me. It's going to bite me. It's going to fall. It's going to judge me. It's looking at me with those googly eyes. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh. But you know what? I feel like if I were to go with you, I'd trust you a lot more. Uh, you know what you're doing. So that adds a little bit more confidence. But see, it's not that I'm scared of heights. I'm just scared of the ground. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> about it. You're scared of meeting the ground quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a scheduled meeting. It's, it's just like a quick pop <laughs> quiz that I did not expect and did not want. <laughs> so uh, yeah, there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you so much, Joseph, for coming on and showing and sharing your love for rock climbing. I cannot thank you enough. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on, Alex. If you guys want to learn more about rock climbing, I'll put the links down below so you guys get to learn all the terms and everything that's important because it's a pretty cool hobby and there's a lot to learn about it. And you, once again, you can start with a small wall and build your way up. And if you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you could send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you like the podcast, you know, you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or don't leave it on the wall while you're rock climbing. Remember, we have to preserve the environment. <laughs> and if you want to show yeah. some more support, you can also buy some merchandise on Redbubble with the Time for Your Hobby logo on things you do not need. I don't think there's any rock climbing equipment with the Time for Your Hobby logo yet. Dot, dot, dot. Maybe there will be. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but if you want to show some more support, I also have a Patreon, which is completely optional. So you don't need to, but it's there if you'd like to. 
So once again, thank you so much, Joseph. Absolutely. Thank you again, Alex. This has been great. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care.